0: hey there fellowship family welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life i'm once again your host mark francis and i'm excited to share a young couple with you from fellowship bible church and as we get a chance to just talk more about what does it look like look like to build bridges in our community um i've known you for a little while and sam i'm excited to introduce you sam and sydney noble how are you guys?
1: Good. We're doing great. Good. Yeah.
0: Thanks for being here. And I go once again coming into the studio can be intimidating. So get a chance to relax and have a conversation because we want to learn a little little bit about you guys. Um, you haven't been coming to FBC for very long, so just give us a little bit of a
1: story and background of where you guys are from, mm-hmm. and uh, and what led you to here. Yeah. Um, yeah. My name's Sam Noble. I was born in Arkansas, of all places. Uh, my dad's a pastor. I've grown up in the church my whole life. I lived in Arkansas for 13 years. Small little tiny town in southeast Arkansas called Monticello. Um, and then summer before my seventh grade year, my family packed our bags and we moved across country to Blacksburg, Virginia. And I did middle school and high school in Blacksburg, um and then after high school i went to college at university of north carolina of charlotte go 49ers well
0: so you say go 49ers but not go razorbacks and not go Hokies. well do you I,
1: have any preferences there? i have i do have a preference i'm a diehard razorbacks fan <laughs> okay i uh when people ask me about the Hokies, I could care less, honestly. Oh. Um, so those
0: can be fighting words to some people. I know, and do.
1: I'm I'm really sorry, but uh, <laughs> go Razorbacks! Whoop, Um Whatever it takes for them to be good someday, I'll I'll, I'll do it as a fan. In um,
0: football or in anything.
1: Football, and basketball, okay. baseball—it really anything. Okay, they're good at sports that I don't care about, which stinks. But um, yeah.
2: What?
1: Yeah. We to, I'm a I'm sports to buff too, so yeah. oh, we can yeah. talk sports all day.
0: Absolutely. We'll, we'll let Sydney I, talk will, a little bit. I will too. enjoy
1: that every bit of every bit of <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, so I am from, born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, from the Lake Norman area. Went to high school there. Um, Went to UNC Charlotte, where actually that's where Sam and I met through Mm -hmm. an organization called Young Life, um, which I kind of did in high school. I didn't do a lot. Um, Sam did. And so I kind of just stumbled in. He was a year older than me. And it was actually really funny. I when I first met Sam, um, I thought Sam was a lot older than me. I thought he was actually on staff for Young Life. And so I, because I was like, wow, he's cute. But like he's like way older than me. (laughs) Totally blew it off Um, to the point like I thought excuse me i thought that he was on staff that i gave him my deposit for a college like fall weekend trip and he was like why why are you giving me this and i I was was like because like i want to go on the weekend anyway come (laughs) to find out he was not on staff and he was only a year older than me and i was like oh all right like he's like in the game fellow Um,
1: student fellow student Mm -hmm. yes in the game in the game (laughs) good (laughs) phrase
2: um (laughs) So yeah, that's, we we met through there and we had an interesting couple of years. Like we were friends. We kind of expressed feelings for each other Then we like weren't really friends. And then it, I mean, it was just, you know, you're in college. Long and story I'm short, I was, I was, I was yeah. a jerk
1: pretty oh. much. And then I was oh. not a jerk oh. and I was very sweet and charming, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. No, he
2: was. Um, and then <laughs> come to my junior year of college is when we started dating and, yeah, the, the rest is history from there. So
0: So then where did you guys get married?
2: Ah, that's a funny story. Mm. We um, were supposed to get married in May of 2020, um, just north of Charlotte somewhere. Mm. And then mm-hmm. um, COVID, and instead of pushing our wedding back, we actually moved it up. We got married on April 9th in Salisbury, North Carolina. He was on staff for Young Life there at the time, and um, the couple that was um, on committee, their committee chairs, I think, in Salisbury were just so kind and gracious to us during just – all of our wedding plans just being tossed out the door. And um, they lived on the Salisbury Country Club and they opened up their home for us to have a really small, mm-hmm. I think we had 12 people at our wedding, which we broke the rules wow. by two. Wow, yeah.
1: Um,
2: and then we had like a drive by car parade and stuff. Um, but yeah. Special memories.
1: Very, yeah, oh, very, very special, very yeah. special. It was what very sweet, very intimate, very very fun. Yeah. All, of our, all of our immediate family was there. Mm-hmm. And most of our bridal party was there. So it was, cool. it was still good to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. So then what brought you to Winchester?
1: Yeah, so I uh, went on Young Life staff right after college, did two years in North Carolina. Um, And we just, uh, Virginia's home. It's always Mm -hmm. been home, probably always will be home. Um, And we just felt this urge from the Lord to be back in Virginia. And luckily, Sydney felt it too, being a local, Mm -hmm. born and raised, never moved, Charlotteite, I guess, or Charlottean, whatever it's called. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And she felt it too, and we just felt the urge from the Lord to move to Virginia. We didn't know where. Uh, We knew it was going to be on Young Life staff, so we just kind of applied to the Blue Ridge region of Young Life, which is the larger 81 corridor Mm on the west side of Virginia, Um, and just kind of threw our name in the hat of, hey, we want to move to Virginia. We don't really know where or care where. Just Mm -hmm. place us somewhere. Let's see what the Lord has for this. Mm -hmm. Um, So after two years in North Carolina, we just kind of threw our name in the hat, and through that placement process, we ended up in Winchester. Hmm. And
0: so then you you said your dad is a pastor. Mm Mm-hmm. So you obviously have a heart for local church Absolutely. and understand kind of the context of getting plugged in. Yeah. Young Life is not a church in itself, mm-hmm. so you're looking and shopping for churches. What what kind of landed you here at Fellowship?
1: Yeah, we wanted to be somewhere where we could find um, people like us in age and, and stage of life, um, and we just kind of quickly found that here. Hmm. Um, we, we got plugged into a small group really, really fast, and it just very quickly felt like home. It was actually the mm-hmm. first church we visited mm-hmm. when we came here, and then we did the typical you know church shopping thing, trying mm-hmm. all the churches in town, stuff like that, and that lasted four or five months, but I think at the end, probably three months in, we kind of felt together that FBC was, was going to be our home, and that was probably where the Lord was calling us most, and... We just at at some point we just kind of put our flag. put a flag in the ground and said, "This is this is mm-hmm. where we want to be." We feel, we feel welcome here. We feel at home here. Or we've made great relationships with people here, mm. and just kind of planting the flag in the ground, saying, "This is where we want to be."
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, obviously finding a connection, common ground, common mm-hmm. interest of age group. Yeah, and then obviously teaching, but just getting connected with people mm-hmm. that's so important. Yeah, and it kind of goes to the heart of what we're talking about with building bridges of building relationships, yes, we get the chance to build relationships with, with people who we have common interests with, believers in Christ, but then we're also called to build relationships with people that aren't for the purpose of mm-hmm. drawing them in to see, okay, what does being a Christian really look like? Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on that a little bit, but before we do, I'm going to put you guys on the spot, because okay. in a couple of weekends... Uh, the next two weeks of our church corporate gatherings, we're going to be focusing on building bridges. And one of the things that we're going to call our body to do is think through your personal testimony. Mm-hmm. What do you know about God? And what do you know about yourself? And what then drew you to say, yes, I'm going to put my faith in Christ? Mm-hmm. So sounds like, I'm just going to guess, probably an early age. Mm-hmm. But tell us your story. If you were going to share your personal testimony to somebody who doesn't know the Lord. One at a time. Just kinda Sydney, I'll start with you. What yeah. what would you tell them?
2: Yeah, well I um was not raised in a Christian home. My parents were never married and um, so it was just the typical kid that stayed with mom some days, stayed with dad some days. And mm. my dad was actually a very, um, very bad alcoholic growing mm. up. And I didn't notice that until I was like close to about 10 years old. And there was just a lot of, um, I mean, I think a lot to be blunt to be like, there's a lot of trauma there mm. and knew of the Lord. I mean, like it wasn't like my parents and my family was not believers I guess but it was just we were not followers of Jesus um, and I remember every summer I would go and spend my grandparents live in St. Louis Missouri my mom's parents and my grandma and grandpa are really involved in a church out there and I would go every summer and spend a few weeks and one summer before eighth grade I went and started going to church with her and I never had went to church like really ever in my life and it was just you know the things they were talking about 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 God and this this Jesus guy. I was like, I am so bought in. I want to go to church back home. And so, I had the privilege of kind of spearheading that with my mom and mm. um, my stepdad. And then I had two really younger sisters at the time. And we came home that summer and found a church and I we got baptized. I was like, hey, I'm I'm all in for this. Mm. I just couldn't didn't under- fully understand it, but it was like I want whatever this is mm. and. So much as in high school, I kind of spent trying to figure out, like, what it, wh- what is this all about? And I was very much, I would call it, like, the checklist Christian of, like, I prayed today, like, I'm a good person, like, I didn't lie or, like, didn't cheat on tests or whatever. And, <laughs> like, reading my Bible, like, I remember, I still see, like, my Facebook memories of when I was a freshman in high school, like, I finished the book of Exodus today. Like, I was going through the Bible in a year, having no idea what it was saying, but mm-hmm. I was, like, going through the motions. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't until college I... Um, had my college planned out like everybody, you know, does, thinks they do, and um, Young Life played a crucial role in that. I kind of did it in high school, and I just, you know, saw the, there was a club for Young Life on campus. I was like, great, I'll give it a shot, and walking into that room was, A, the first time that I really experienced true Christian community among people my Mm -hmm. age, um, and saw something so different about them that I was like, hey, I kind of want what you have. And then uh, back to what I was saying that college weekend I went mm. on, it was the first time I'd ever heard the gospel um, just like laid out. Mm. And it finally clicked of like this, hey, this is what this is all about, but like I want to give my life away so that other people like myself um, or even not like myself can hear it Hmm. um and so that's kind of the the sum and then college was just huge it was the first time i had adults just step into my life and just disciple me i never had that i never had someone just leading me and encouraging me and so Hmm. college i would say it's like it was kind of a slow process but college was the big turning point where it's like i got it and i was just all in Hmm. so So
0: i've got to ask and sam will get to you but like when (laughs) you say you heard the gospel yeah you know what was unique and what was different about that message that gravitated to you? What was said?
2: Yeah. And well, what would
0: you communicate to somebody that of what yeah, you heard? Yeah, I
2: think the the progression um, of like the talks they did, they talked a lot about our need um, and also sin. So it's like I knew, oh, uh, like Jesus died on a cross for me, like rose again, but I never knew the meaning of that, and you never fully understand the weight of that until you understand our need and that all these things cannot meet our needs because of sin. Mm. Um, and so I think that, you know, as a high school kid, just, you know, longing for, I had a broken relationship with my father, and I was longing for just that, you know, fatherly figure in my life and was desiring that, or um, just a typical teenage girl longing to to have a boyfriend or to, you know, have this great job or to be in this friend group, whatever these things are, and was just always left so unsatisfied. But then hearing about sin, and it's, you know, I've heard mm-hmm. the word sin before, but realizing like, oh, like I have this problem and this is something I cannot fix myself. Then it shed light into the fact of Jesus and Jesus died on the cross and Jesus rose again then I was like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I felt very convicted and I just, it was the first time that like I felt it and also realized like this is for me. Um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It's funny because not everybody's story is going to bring you to sin. I mean, it mm-hmm. should. But people hear, yes, Jesus died on the cross, and he saved me, and I go to heaven because of believing in him. There is a component of recognizing your need that really is important yeah. in sharing a, a story and a testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's, I'm, I it saddens me, but I've talked with too many people that say, yes, I'm a good enough person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the yeah. person that I'm currently praying for in my world here in yeah. this Building Bridges series is my grandmother. Mm-hmm. That's, she's 91, and that's still her story is i'm a good enough person and so to bring you to a spot and that's the holy spirit yeah doing yeah. the work bringing you to a spot where you recognize your need and you see sin and you see god's glory in light of that that's huge yeah. so that's a neat story to pass on sam what about you
1: yeah um i like to start my testimony with just Stating the obvious, that I I really feel like I hit the family lottery in pretty much every way. You did. <laughs> um, you and
0: Mark Carey. Mark yeah. Carey will will go toe to toe with you with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but I just I have incredible parents, incredible grandparents, incredible sister, and I'm just eternally grateful to the Lord's faithfulness and kindness to me for surrounding me for my entire life with a family that loves the Lord and values that mm. and since the second I was born, has been ingraining the truth of the gospel in me. Mm. Um, And my dad's a pastor. My dad planted a church in southeast Arkansas, and then we moved to Blacksburg, Virginia. And I think the kind of overarching theme of my story is that I didn't – the gospel didn't fully click in my brain and my heart until I began to give my life away. Um, And I think throughout middle school and moving across the country in the middle of middle school, when middle school is already crazy and hard – um, I fell into the typical thing of I just did whatever I needed to do to get acceptance and, and make friends um, in a new place. And it led me to a pretty dark place of just not having a true identity, of not really knowing who I belonged to. But at the same time, there was this weird kind of concept in my head that like, I because I was a pastor's kid, I don't think I could have materialized it or said it when I was in middle school, but in hindsight, I look back and I think of times where I'm like, man, did I think I was better than people? Hmm. Or was there cynicism in me of, oh, I'm forgiven because I'm a pastor's kid, not because of my own faith Hmm. in Jesus. Um, and I went to youth group, did all the church things. And like I said, like the, the truth of the gospel is ingrained in, in me since the second I was born. And I knew it and I knew it in my head, but I didn't know it in my heart. Um, and it wasn't until, um, I had my young life leader, his name was Cody May. He stepped into my life and he just loved me for who I was, regardless of what I did or what I said or what I didn't do or didn't say. Um, and he really showed me and walked alongside of me, um, what it was like to be a Christian and Mm -hmm. what it was like to read the Bible and what it was like to pray, uh, and through knowing him and through being involved in young life in middle school and high school at Blacksburg High School, um. I got the opportunity to do what's work crew. Um, You go and volunteer for a month at a summer camp. Okay, And I went there, and I thought I was going to be able to do all the typical things that I did back home to make friends and gain acceptance from people, just being the class clown, being the goofball, just (laughs) doing the most (laughs) absurd things. Uh, And basically, it didn't work there. Um, (laughs) And nobody took me seriously, and I had a really hard time for the first couple weeks. And I remember about halfway through, it wasn't – any message, it wasn't anybody praying over me or anybody having a hard conversation with me. It just kind of clicked at some point that, mm. and again, like you said, it's it's the it's the Holy Spirit within us. It just clicked at some point that I was not really living the Christian life like I was portraying that I was, mm. um, and that I needed to I needed to take my faith seriously and I needed to make it my own and not piggyback off of my my parents' faith. Mm. Um, so at that week of giving my, or at that month of giving my life away and serving others. And I was in the pits, which is the dishwashers for a month, um, about 1500 dishes a day, go through that washing machine. And it was horrible, but through giving my life away, I found that that's how we find full life in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and we see it throughout scripture time and time again, of Jesus gave his life away, not just to the point of death on the cross, but through the point of serving other people Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that he served and life and life to the full is found through Jesus and through giving our life away. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, serving is definitely a key component as well. Mm-hmm. Of like, once you have placed your faith in Christ, then mm-hmm. now what? You know, yeah. what what are we called to do? Yeah. And part of what we're called to do is just to proclaim who Christ is to others around us of how we live, how we live. You know, even whatever whatever your job is, whatever your mm-hmm. vocation is, you can still serve the Lord in that job and in that career and paint a picture of who God is, yeah. and you guys are drawn to town for the purpose of Young Life, I get mm-hmm. that, but even putting Young Life aside, like what what is your heartbeat of that service mm-hmm. um, for God, and and what do you, this is a kind of a difficult question, but like what do you what do you do on a daily and regular basis to think about the community, mm-hmm. and to pray for them, because yeah. th- you, you do have that heart and passion for others around you, so what 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 have you seen God lay in your heart mm-hmm. especially now that you're in town in our local community mm-hmm.
1: yeah I think I would say in my position in young life um, one of my favorite jobs outside of getting to to be with teenagers and disciple them is getting to raise up and also in some ways disciple uh, volunteer adults who also mm-hmm. lead teenagers mm-hmm. um, and getting to really have a hand in Training and equipping leaders and it, I, I kind of view it in some ways as, as another form of discipleship of mm-hmm. Just going back to the thing of if we if we want to find life and life to the full first of all It's found in Jesus mm-hmm. and living a life like Jesus and Jesus lived his life by giving it away mm-hmm. and Modeling that in myself that I'm gonna go give my life away Hey, come do it with me mm-hmm. and inviting people to come and give their lives away mm-hmm. with me and with Sydney um, and then through that process training people to be leaders and training people to have their own groups of people to disciple and in our context most of the time it's teenagers obviously Mm -hmm. Um, but really bringing people along with this establishing uh, not just this team of people that help us with young life not a team of helpers but really establishing a a missional community of Mm -hmm. people that are in it because they want to be on mission together and that the mm-hmm. community is established on being, being on mission together and not just a team of helpers that help mm-hmm. us accomplish something, mm-hmm. um, but that they're in it for their own growth in Christ as well as others' growth in Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Who, are you guys, I mean, who are you guys interacting with who don't know the Lord? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, is, what relationships do you have that come to mind of people that you're interacting with who yeah. don't know God?
2: Yeah, I would say, I mean, teenagers, A, there's so many teenagers that mm-hmm. we get the privilege to to just meet and know that do not know Jesus. Or it's like, oh, even some of them, it's like a go to church, but maybe kind of like for me, it was like, or even my you know, upbringing, I was like, hey, I know about God, but like I'm not mm-hmm. really following Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'd say that. I'd also say families, and I was going to piggyback off of the last question of like, the cool part of of you know being a part of this community and loving teenagers is getting to meet their siblings and getting to meet their parents and Hmm. we get the opportunity and privilege to obviously through the work of discipling these kids we get to see the lord work through those kids and changing their families but we get the opportunity to have conversation and be in community with these families that know Jesus, don't really know Jesus, don't know Jesus at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say that's a huge one of coming in contact a lot with parents and the siblings um, that don't know the Lord. And I'd even also then go into, say, teachers and administration at some mm-hmm. of these schools and coaches that we get the opportunity to, you know, just meet in passing or whatever. Like, I mean, yeah. it's it's all over. But it's just, like, it's crazy how a mission focused on, you know, for example, this with teenagers, like, it's it's not just teenagers. Like, it is community because mm-hmm. it's it's and i've seen we've seen the impact of like through the discipleship of one kid we've seen that you know trickle into mm-hmm. like families' lives being changed mm-hmm. teachers i mean it's it's really cool <laughs> but it's all over. so
0: you remind me what year you guys moved into town 2021 so we're talking mm-hmm. like less than two years yeah. basically that you guys have been here mm-hmm. and yeah. and yet you still have this kind of heart for our community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for partnering with with others around our community yeah. there's There's people who are watching and listening who've lived there their whole lives here Mm -hmm. in town. So, what what tips do you have? What strategies when you are moving into a town like this? Yes, you're pursuing getting plugged into a church. I get that. You're pursuing building connections with other Mm -hmm. people, but you're also attempting to build connections with the community Mm -hmm. for the purpose of sharing Christ with those that you meet. So, like, how do you do that? Like, Mm -hmm. what what strategies (laughs) do do you guys have to to get outside of your own home? Because I'll tell you, I mean, our our American culture right now is very <laughs> isolated. Yep, it's very okay. I I get to my home after work and I close my door and I'm probably not going to see my neighbors. Yeah. So what yeah. what are you guys doing to to build bridges mm-hmm. out here in this Winchester town?
1: Um, I think the number one tip would be if you don't do it, nobody else will. Mm-hmm. And from the lens of if you don't reach out to people, they're not going to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to be the activator and the what's the word I'm looking for? Um Mind
0: you got to read his, read his mind, <laughs> yeah, right? I know. I know. Oh, gosh, we haven't um, gotten to that
2: point <laughs> yet, fully. <laughs> not yet. Almost, almost I would sometimes. say piggybacking off of that um, is, like, I, I like to use the term, like, go and meet people on their turf. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, like, the, the realm of, like, we work a lot with teenagers, like, it looks like going to a sports game and mm-hmm. going in the student section mm-hmm. and earning the right to be heard, meeting people on their turf and earning the right to be heard just by building a relationship with them. Um, but you're not going to build a relationship if you don't show up because yeah. kind of like he said – They're not always going to come to you. Sometimes you can throw an event and people will come. But so I'd say that was just really it for us was just like when we moved and obviously this is part of Sam's job and I'm a volunteer, but it was like, we're just going to show up. Mm -hmm. We're just going to show up at the school and and meet teachers and meet parents and meet the kids. And then, you know, from there and through time and being consistent with that, Mm -hmm. you begin to, you know, that grows and broadens. And also too, like I would say people... Like I said, people don't always ask, but people loved, I feel like, to get asked to, like, hey, come grab coffee. Hey, do you want to go meet, you know, for dinner, even if you don't know them? And I would say Sam probably better than me when we moved was just really good at reaching out to people, both through when we started attending FEC and just people in the community through, you know, connections we kind of had coming in. He would just, like, reach out Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, let's just go have a conversation. Um, I remembered
1: the word. initiate initiate (laughs) initiate Initiate it's yes it's if you if you wait for somebody to initiate with you it's going to take way longer than if you just go out and initiate it yourself Mm -hmm. you have to be an initiator a go-getter and and willing to in some ways take i guess relational risks of saying man i'm gonna go out of my way to try to build a friendship with this person and it I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm going to go out of my way to do this and right. initiate this. And I'll give happens. you another
0: word that starts with I because oh. I'm seeing it from you guys. Intentional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're being intentional mm-hmm. with almost a target audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you have this bent of a heart for youth, mm-hmm. and so you're going where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be at a football game. They're going to be at a basketball game, a sporting event. They're going to be. So you're being intentional mm-hmm. <laughs> with the audience of who you're trying to pursue for Christ. And build relationships with them that way. That's that's what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. which is
2: yeah.
0: I I, th- I think that's a unique feature that not every not every believer is being intentional with mm-hmm. saying, What kind of people are around me that I think I need to communicate Christ to these people? Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it doesn't have to be a certain people group. But yeah. that's, that's not what where your y'all's hearts are.
1: And there's a second word with intentional that if we don't do this word as well, it's not really intentional and it's consistent. If we're not mm. also consistent with mm-hmm. it, then it's not true intentionality. Mm-hmm. Of Intentionality is born out of, I want to get to know you because I want to get to know you. I don't want to get to know you for some agenda. I want to get to know you because I want to get to know you. And you're only going to get to know people by being consistent and continuing to showing up in their life, whether that mm-hmm. is at a sports game for high, for high schoolers or – if that's showing up at a lunch meeting with somebody every other week to yeah. just get to be their friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, I, I think of, obviously, live like Jesus lived, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, right? I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. he was intentional. He was consistent. Mm-hmm. He pursued people. And who was his target audience? He pursued the sinners. He mm-hmm. pursued, I mean, everybody's a sinner. Don't get me. Yeah. I mean, but he was like, I'm going to the tax collectors. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. to the prostitutes. I'm going to, you name it. He, is pers- mm-hmm. he was intentional with people, and yeah, they're the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he spoke to them, but he, he knew kind of like where his audience was, mm-hmm. and he went there and was intentional and pursued them and just show love. Yeah. Yeah. Built relationships with them, yeah. and you can look at story after story of what Jesus did. It's a good model, obviously. If, yeah. you, if you don't know that, guys, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good model. Yeah. It's a you know, good one, go, yeah. go look to Jesus yeah. and see what he did and how mm-hmm. to live. Um, and it doesn't matter what culture. Yeah. right doesn't matter what time period that we live in mm-hmm. it's all the same mm-hmm. people need christ and how can we show the love of christ to yeah. them yeah
2: well i think it's also too this i uh learned this in college and, and sam did too and we we cling to this a lot it's like kind of in life and we we really cling to this too when we came here but like in life you have three options you can waste your life away Just, you know, peddling and doing whatever. You can give it away to the highest bidder, meaning, hey, what's going to give me the most, like, fulfillment and satisfaction or, you know, success or whatever? Or you can give your life away, Mm. which is something we've mentioned Mm. before. And Mm. Jesus Mm -hmm. gave his life away. Um, And Jesus stepped onto the turf. He showed up on the scene. He got in the Mm. mud with people from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the things that's just, yeah, what I've clung to and just something that is always my advice to people. When I, when I talk to high school girls who are about to go to college and they're like, what do I do with my life? I'm like, well, and I, I walk them through that and I'm like, what do you know about Jesus? What did, mm-hmm. what did he do? We'll mm-hmm. study scripture together and it's like, Hey, it's not that hard to go do the same thing, mm-hmm. but we have to keep take our eyes off of ourselves. Um, in order to, to yeah. see that and do right.
0: that, so yeah. As we as we kind of wrap up, just is there one specific story? Is there one specific person that since you've lived here in town that you were like, there is a light bulb moment for that person, mm-hmm. and out of the pursuit or out of the relationships that have been made, mm-hmm. another put you on the spot kind of question. Mm-hmm. But you know, what do you what have you seen God do in your lives and yeah. others?
1: Um, I would say, um, Sydney and I get the opportunity to disciple multiple siblings, um, Mm -hmm. which is really, really fun. And I am discipling a junior guy, and she's discipling his sister, a senior girl. And they've been pretty involved and and loosely involved at a a church in town, but not really kind of bought in um, Mm -hmm. and not really involved. And we've gotten to step into their lives and, and disciple them and they asked to start coming to church with us on Sundays mm. and they started coming with us on Sundays. And then over time, um, their mom started coming too. Mm. And it's just goes to goes to show the impact of consistency and intentionality. And also that like we love teenagers, obviously, but it, it goes far beyond that of yeah. its, its family and its community. Um, and seeing people come back to the church and, Within Young Life, we have the goal of seeing lost kids who aren't involved in the church come back to the church, Um, and sometimes that takes a really, really long time. Um, And then sometimes we get lucky where it happens sooner rather than later, and we've gotten to see that pretty soon through a year and a half here, Mm. which has been really, really cool. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, I love to see how God moves not just in individual lives, but in as a whole. What is God doing in a community? What is God doing through a church? And then this building Bridges' focus that we're in for FBC. For I keep hearing story after story of how
1: mm-hmm.
0: people are being led by God to pray intentionally for people and then pursue people intentionally, and I think we're gonna hear more and more stories over these next several weeks of just what is God doing in our church body, yeah. and you guys are just one couple, and seeing <laughs> how God has used you and plant you here with mm-hmm. that purpose, with that intentionality is amazing. Um, I do know that over the next couple of weeks, we are having these corporate gatherings where we're going to be having some unique emphasis of building bridges. Yeah. And part of it is, yeah, how are you going to share your story? Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for sharing your Absolutely. story today. And and what then are we going to do next? You know, so taking mm-hmm. this emphasis from prayer, mm-hmm. praying for people to a little bit more of action. So even next week um, on this podcast, we're going to interview and chat with the McMandigles and um, someone else from our congregation, Martha Beitzel, and get some additional tips of how God can use people in our community, but also in the world around us, because mm-hmm. as we're studying in Acts, it, it's, it's local, it's regional, mm-hmm. and it's global mm-hmm. <laughs> that God's work is working on. Yeah. So um, Sam, Sydney, thank you guys so much for thank being you. here. Thanks for asking us. It's access. exciting to really, yeah, just love hearing stories mm-hmm. um, from what you guys are up to, and, again, Young Life is a, is a partner here at FBC. Mm-hmm. We have many local outreach partners, and Young Life is one of them. So I'm sure you can hunt them down if you wanted to, <laughs> to get on. plugged in that way. Please do. So um, continue to share um, with you, you guys listening and watching us. Share your stories with us because we would love to hear from you as well. And um, find our podcast in all the different locations. Share this with people because we want to continue to grow our um, – our encouragement of our fellowship family body thanks for watching thanks for listening and until we chat again let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day